Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. We're so glad to be with you today. Valdosta, Madison, where this radio station is broadcasting from. Uh, Anywhere in North Florida, the Panhandle, South Georgia, driving down Interstate 10, we're just glad to have you today. And uh, we pray you'll take time out of the very busy schedule that we all have, uh, that you will take time to go with us into the Word of God and let the Word of God speak to your heart. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm just a vessel to bring the Word to you, but the Holy Spirit can take Take it and make it alive to you. Praise God. You know, the Bible said of the Word of God that it is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. And that word quick means alive. <laughs> it's, it's not like any other book in the world. It is words on a page that become words off the page and into our heart and mind. Praise God. On the page, it is called the Logos, but off the page, into our heart by the Holy Spirit, it is called Rhema. And we pray that God, through the Logos, will bring a Rhema revelation to you today. (laughs) Hallelujah. We're talking about a subject that it's hard to quit talking about, that is so relevant and important in the last of the last days and in the generation that we are living in this postmodern world, and that is having a value system that reflects a diametrically different kingdom than the kingdom of this world. On the subject, who Switch the price tags. We've been talking and and teaching out of First and Second Peter about what the truly precious things are. Not letting the world around us to define those things, but letting the Word of God define define the truly important, vital, and precious beyond words. Things. Amen. You know, the, the world system doesn't get what those things really are, but every Christian should. And if we do, we'll put the kingdom of God first in our life. And if we do that <laughs> and his righteousness, then we will absolutely be given everything that pertains to life and godliness. That means we can live this life with God's provisions and God's, uh, uh, God's promises being revealed and realized. And we can live eternally pleasing to him to obtain that kind of favor <laughs> and and we don't have to to use to compromise the truly important things to have all of our needs here met and our need for for the eternal things of God to be satisfied and to have God satisfied with us because we're living a life that reflects a different kingdom because we serve a different king. Hallelujah. We've been talking about the truly precious things, the precious trials that bring us closer to God, which the world would never see like we should see them. This is 
the difference between those two kingdoms, that the trial that brings us closer to God is called more precious than gold that perisheth. It's amazing that the world puts gold above everything and yet not realizing that the love of money, not money, the love of money is the root of all evil because we think that money can buy us happiness, that money can satisfy the deepest longings of our soul. And we keep, uh, we keep putting our soul second to, to the, to the making of money. If I had that house, if I had that boat, if I had that vehicle, uh, if I had that fortune, that fame, I would be satisfied. Oh, friend of mine, you'll never fill that hole in your heart and in your life with things. It can only be filled with what it was designed to be filled with. I like what Billy Graham said that someone else said, but I remember Billy Graham quoting it. He said, there is a God shaped vacuum or hole inside of every man and woman, boy and girl. And only God is big enough to fill that vacancy. Oh, friend, but when he fills it and when he satisfies the deepest longings of your soul, then you can enjoy to the fullest everything that he has given you. For he has given you all things and made it available to us as as believers, all things that pertain to life and godliness. We're going to read that because we're going to talk today about precious promises. We've talked about the precious trial that brings us closer to God, the precious blood that was shed for us on the cross, the precious Lamb of God who stayed on that cross, the precious faith that we have as children of God, the hope that the world does not have and cannot give us is given us freely in Jesus Christ, a hope that even death cannot conquer. Hallelujah. And today we're going to talk about the precious promises of God. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 2 through 4. Listen to it carefully. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of our God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, through these promises that are called precious exceedingly great, hallelujah, that we might what? Partake of the divine nature. You see, we are promised absolute forgiveness when we come to know Jesus Christ as our Savior. We are promised to be brought into God's royal bloodline, to God's family. (laughs) Amen. As Paul put it, now you are the sons of God. It does not appear what we shall be. We look through a glass darkly, he said, like a smoked bottle. We see imagery as it's revealed in the word. But 
clearly, something we can see clearly in the now is that we are not just old sinners saved by grace. We were old sinners. If you're say if you're a believer, we have been saved by grace. But now that that has occurred, we are the sons and daughters of Almighty God, and we begin our prayer with the confession and proclamation, "Our Father, which art." in heaven, <laughs> not our force somewhere aloof in the universe, but our Father, which is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Listen to me carefully today. These promises have promised us that we can live in this fallen world and in the midst of it, have have a life that reflects a different kingdom because we serve a different king. And the reason is because of that inward change that comes. We can, by the power and person of the Holy Spirit, amen, begin to develop in the nature of God himself. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. It is the recreation uh, of, the, of the character and the nature of Christ within you and me. Praise God. And Jesus was the express image of the Father. Yes, we can live for the Lord in this faulty body, in this fallen world. We can live a victorious life that becomes a testimony that there is another kingdom here that is that can rule and reign within us. And the kingdoms of this world are destined to fall, but the kingdom of God is eternal, and nothing shall destroy this king. Therefore, nothing shall destroy this kingdom. Praise God. Amen. The fifth precious thing we're talking about, and Peter mentions it here to these suffering saints, are the precious promises received from God. What promises have we received? Where can we find them? It's in the precious word of God. God has not only given us all that we need for life and godliness, but he's also given us his precious word to enable us to develop this life and godliness. The, 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 these are precious because we could never calculate their worth. When a sinner believes on Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God uses the Word of God to impart life and the nature of God within. You know, the Bible said that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. Will there be a conflict between what has occurred in your spirit and your whole weak flesh? Absolutely. But there can be a victor in this battle. And the victor will be your spirit empowered by and energized by God's Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Just as a, just, just as a baby shares the nature of his parents, a person born into the family of God shares the divine nature of God himself. The lost sinner is dead in trespasses and sins, but the Christian, because of God's forgiveness and his redemptive love, is alive because of Jesus Christ. 
Nature determines appetite, behavior, environment, and associations. So when we partake of the divine nature as the as God has promised, purposed, and provided, amen, we can overcome the great pull of this world, the, the great uh, pollution of this world, the pressure to go along with this, the, the world system, just to go with the flow. Friend of mine, we are upstream. I keep saying it. I'm going to say it again. We, If you're a Christian today and you are following Christ, you are an upstream Christian in a downstream world. And it's okay for that that sense of of tension between the two kingdoms as long as you know that you are no longer a man serving the prince of darkness but you are serving the king of light and love and liberty Jesus Christ God literally promised that we can have his life in us we can live godly here in this ungodly world We can win the battle with the flesh. We can overcome the devil. We can partake of his nature. Hallelujah. Someone has said the great work of the Holy Spirit and of God the Father and Jesus Christ in the life of believer is to take take an, uh, an, an ungodly man out of this world. We're translated out of the powers of darkness, the scripture said, into the kingdom of God's dear son. So this is not just a cute little saying. There's Bible and truth behind it. God can take an ungodly man, woman, boy, and girl out of an ungodly world and make them godly and then leave them in this ungodly world and keep them living and overcoming victorious godly life as a witness and a testimony to his grace, his love, and his power within us. Hallelujah. Remember at all times when you feel the tension and when the opposition comes and there is conflict, greater is he that is in you and me than he that is in this world. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. So the top shelf promises are not just the promises of of all the good things God wants to provide for you uh, in terms of the material world and physical healing. And yet there are those promises. They just don't sit on the top shelf. But every promise of God is obtainable through faith. Glory be to God. That's why I love the word, because the faith to receive and believe God for those promises comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I want to read something about this uh, in Hebrews, which is chapter 11, which is often called the faith chapter because it's all about faith. Amen. I want to begin with Hebrews eleven thirty-two. I'm going to read through 
34. But there's one, one area we want to highlight in our teaching today about receiving not only the, the exceeding great promises of partaking of the divine nature, but all the other promises that says that we can have everything that pertains to life and godliness. We need some things from God down here. We have the promise of healing when we are sick. Yes, we do. We have the promise of help when we are in trouble. We have the promise of the presence of God so that we are never left on our own. We have the promise of provision. Hallelujah. That God, my God, shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory in Jesus Christ. So let's listen to this. It's not that we don't have promises Many times we don't have the faith to receive the promise. And sometimes because of that, we assume that God doesn't keep his promise to us. I'm going to go on record as saying, God is not just a promise maker, dear friend. Our God is a promise keeper. Hallelujah. Hath he not said it, the scriptures declare, and will he not do it? For the promises of God are yea and amen, the scripture declares once again, to them that believe. So our faith is essential to receiving the promises. Even that promise of partaking of God's nature involves not only our repentance, but our trusting Christ as our Savior. For grace, by grace you are saved through faith. It is the gift of God. Hallelujah. As many as believed on him. Amen. That's where our faith comes in. As many as believed on him to them, he gave eternal life. Listen to this carefully today. In verse 32 of Hebrews 11. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and of David also and of Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises. Did you hear that? Now I want to stop right here before we finish this, this out. Uh, listen carefully. What, what, how would our life, my life, your life, our life collectively as Christians change if every promise of God was obtained by faith in our life? Would it change you dramatically? Would there be radical changes in us if we claimed by faith every promise that God has given us in Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, we sing a song, a praise song in our worship service that says simply, nothing compares to the promise I have in you. <laughs> Amen. And that's true. This promise, this exceeding great precious promise of partaking of the divine nature, but then all the other promises that we might receive by faith in what he has promised. And by the way, so that we don't make any mistake about it, if he did not purpose it, 
he would not have promised it. Don't ever think that God has not purposed to bless you, to help you, to provide for you. Amen. Hallelujah. The promise reflects his purpose because he's on record in the word of God. That's why I like to find the promise in the word of God and put my trust in the person who made it, not just in the logos on the page or even the rhema, but in the person who made the promise because our God is a promise keeper. Hath he not said it, will he not do it. Glory be to God. Amen and amen. Who through faith, verse 33, subdued kingdoms, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword out of weakness, were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Glory be to God. Amen. All because they obtained promises and put their trust in a person who is a promise keeper. Make no mistake about it. When God makes a promise, he reveals his purposes for your life and mine. And I, I, I want to clarify that again. God would not have promised it, went on record in his word, unless he had purposed it for you and purposed it for me. I hear so many vague messages today that seems like God is so mystical that his will is beyond finding out that we can't truly ask according to his will because somehow we never really know what his will is. You know, the devil doesn't want us to know the will of God because that great faith to believe him is going to spring forth when we discover it and we stand upon it. Listen to me carefully today. The Bible said if we ask anything according to his will. And one of the ways of discovering his will, well, really the chief way of discovering his will is the word of God itself. And in particular, to help to discover his will and his purposes for our life is his promises to us as his children. Amen. Hath he not said it? And will he not do it? Glory be to God. When I found out that God has purposed to give me victory, because he promised me victory in Jesus. When I found out he purposed to heal me, because with his stripes I was healed. Yes, the top shelf of that is healed from the deadly wound of sin. But because that wound has been healed, I have access to my God as my heavenly Father. And healing flows. Praise God from he who is just justly named, rightfully named. They discovered that in ancient Israel, and they called him Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, 
our physician, the Lord that healeth thee. Glory to God. Amen. And that's why James, knowing that, said, If there be any sick among you, let them call the elders of the church. These are not just people with name tags, dear heart. Amen. That have been designated as an elder or an usher or a deacon. These are people who are the mature ones. That's what an elder is, a mature one. Someone who has faith to believe God. Hallelujah. Let those call those people full of faith and wisdom and understanding of the word of God. Amen. And then they shall lay hands on the sick and the Lord, and they shall anoint them with oil, lay hands on the sick and, and they shall recover cover for the Lord shall raise them up. Why would James make this blanket statement to the body of Christ if he didn't understand, appreciate, and appropriate the promises of God and the provisions of God and the purposes of God as defined by the eternal word of God? No wonder faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and that prayer of faith on the part of those praying and that faith in those who come to receive the prayer. Amen. (laughs) Coupled together, if two of you on earth, the scripture declared, two of you children of God, two of you believers on Christ, if two of you on earth uh, agree And that means to come into harmony in belief concerning anything that they shall ask. It shall be given them of my Father, which is in heaven. There's something about this spiritual agreement around the word of God. The devil wants to keep us from agreeing faith. He wants to keep us divided over this issue, that lesser issue, uh, to keep us from coming together and seeking God for his promises and therefore his purposes to be realized in and through us in the here and now, literally praying, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Thy will be done in us as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come in us, hallelujah, as it is in heaven. Dear Lord, we love you today. I thank you. I praise you. I thank you, Lord, for your promises and your purposes of good in the life of your children and your people today. I was told that in the early days of our country, a weary traveler came to the banks of the Mississippi River. For the first time, there was no bridge. It was early winter, and the surface of that mighty stream was covered with ice. Could he dare cross over? Would the uncertain ice be able to bear his weight? Night was falling, and it was urgent that he reach the other side. Finally, after much hesitation, with many fears, he began to creep cautiously across the surface of the ice. On his hands and knees, he thought he might distribute his weight as much as possible and keep the ice from breaking beneath him. About halfway over, he heard the sound of singing behind him. Out of the dusk there came a man driving a horse-drawn load of coal across the ice and singing merrily as he went. (laughs) 
Here he was on his hands and knees, trembling, lest the ice be not strong enough to bear him up. And there, as if whisked away by the winter's wind, went the man, his horses, his sleigh, and his load of coal, upheld by the same ice on which he was creeping. Like this weary traveler, see the one man knew, he knew, he, he knew this time of year, he knew this lake frozen over was so thick that it would bear the weight of all that he had. And he was singing <laughs> merrily. But friends, don't you believe like this weary traveler, some of us have learned only to creep upon the promises of God cautiously, timidly, trimid, tremblingly, we venture forth upon his promises as though the lightness of our step might make his promises more secure, as though we could contribute even in the slightest to the strength of his assurances. He has promised to be with us. Let us believe that promise. He has promised to uphold us. Let us believe him when he says so. He has promised to grant us victory over all our spiritual enemies. Let us trust in His truthfulness. Hallelujah. Amen. Let, simply let God be true. And let every man and every circumstance that contradicts, amen, be the lie. Amen. Believe the truth. Receive the truth today. Take hold of those precious promises of God today and don't let anything cause you to turn back. Amen. Above all, He's promised to grant us full and free forgiveness of all of our sins because of Jesus Christ our Savior. And He has promised to come and take us to His heavenly home. So let's take Him at His word. Heavenly Father, I pray if there's one person today that doesn't know you, that they will not creep upon that promise. They will run to you and stand upon that promise. Repent of their sin and receive full salvation. Hallelujah. And Lord Jesus, I pray you will bless every Christian today and help us to obtain promises that we might win these victories for your name's sake and our good and your glory. And come back next week and let's talk about Jesus. <laughs>